Here we go again. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Neon Belly Podcast. We are your hosts, Nate and Brandon. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we have a guest. He is the inventor of the 531 program. He is a former competitive power lifter and a former University of Arizona football player. He's an elite lifter with a 2,375 pound total. He's coached high school, collegiate athletes, and spoken globally on strength, conditioning, and fat loss, among other topics. He's a writer, a father, a husband. He is Jim Windler. Jim. How is it going, man? Thank you for joining us today. Thank you guys for having me. I'm too lazy to do my own podcast, so I have to rely on everyone else. So. <laughs> hey, we're here for you, man. We're, we're glad to be here. Laziest man in the world. There you <laughs> go. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, awesome, man. We, like I said, we appreciate you joining us. Um, you know, we know you're, you know, you have your five, three, one program. You've trained a lot of athletes. Um, you know, we can, we can tell you're still currently a coach, correct? Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, uh, shit, 2000, I don't know, maybe it's my sixth year, but uh, I started, uh, it's a long story, but I just started uh, volunteering at the high school for the football program. Nice. And uh, one thing kind of led to another, and uh, we made some big changes. I, my first year I was there, I was there uh, right when the season started, so I didn't, do any off season stuff to make a long story short. Uh, then we had a very poor year. I think we won three games. And then the following year I had the entire off season with all the team. And I give those kids all the credit in the world because after a losing season, uh, that was, you know, Friday was our last game. The next Monday, everyone hundred percent turnout in the weight room. Yeah, And that speaks volumes to those kids. Like, fuck, we got to do something about this. Mm-hmm. And we, we, as in myself and the head football coach, we just started making drastic changes. And I always call it the George Costanza method. Like, listen, I'm just going to do the opposite of everything. Fuck it. Like we couldn't (laughs) have gotten anywhere. Let's just do everything the opposite. So we totally revamped everything, how we looked at everything. Uh, We also did stuff like uh, sport coaches have a, have a uh, very short memory about what they didn't like when they were athletes. Mm -hmm. They just keep on doing the same shit that's always been done. And one of the things that we did was uh, we didn't honor the old ghosts. And what I mean by that is like stuff that I didn't feel was worthwhile as an athlete. Like, let's just cut that shit out. Let's just stop Mm -hmm. and let's do stuff that we think is really going to matter. So uh, we ended up going to the playoffs. I think the next year we've been in the playoffs every single year. We won the conference uh, I think we went four deep in the playoffs one year and we're a very small school. We have 400 kids, I think 420 kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, we don't have, uh, right now we have a fairly large team, but generally speaking, the varsity is maybe 30 kids. Oh, if wow. we're lucky, five kids. We don't have a lot of kids. Yeah. Everyone has to go both ways. Um, but uh, thankfully, uh, and we're going to address this in one of your questions that you guys sent me that, mm-hmm. I have the 1000% backing of the head coach yeah. and everything we do is discussed uh, from how we practice. Every single day is discussed what our training is going to be. Every part of our, our program is discussed in reference to how it's going to affect the kids and stuff like that. So yeah. it's very interesting because when you have young kids, everyone just seems to think you can just shove all the shit down their, their mouth and they're going to be fine. That's not the case, especially in today's world when their kids have a very low GPP, very, mm-hmm. very low general physical preparedness. Yeah. And so uh, one of the things that we did was uh, as we got better, the junior high kids started wanting to come over, which was fine because we'd have two or three kids come over. Then it started becoming 12 to 15 junior high kids. And I don't know if you guys know anything about junior high kids, but uh, on this, they're like negative IQ. <laughs> yeah. and then you put them in the weight room together, yeah. and it's like worse. It's like a fucking atomic bomb and a pit bull. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so what ended up happening was my wife, who has a strength and conditioning background, uh, has coached, you know, she's very patient. She's a mom. Yeah. Uh, so that. she has that patience gene that I don't have because I'm absolutely. Uh, so she started sh- uh, working with all the junior high football players. And we oh, have nice. a system now that they graduate into our program. They already know how to do all the basic lifts. 
And uh, so it's, it's been awesome that, you know, here's a small community. We have like 10,000 people here mm-hmm. and we have a complete uh, junior high and high school training program geared uh, not just for football, just for life. Yeah. Now you have to, in order to be part of it, you got to be part of the football team, you know? Um, but uh, it's been an awesome experience to see what two people can do uh, just helping out their community. And uh, I hope, you know, more people, can take a, a page out of this and I'm not necessarily saying they have to go coach and do whatever, but whatever you think you can help out. It's amazing what one or two people can do to a community because yeah. now football is fucking massive here. Like it's, it's awesome. It rules the, you know, and uh, it's awesome to be part of it. So, so does that mean you guys are deep in the two days right now or has that started yet? Well, uh, that starts Thursday. Oh. But we got, rid of, we got rid of two days. Oh, really? It's stupid. Now, why? <laughs> I, we sat around. I said, well, what was the purpose of two days back in the day? Yeah. Well, we have a year round training program. We take two weeks off. That's it. One, usually we give the kids one week, uh, after, uh, the season. Yeah. If they elect to, we'll give them a week off. And then, uh, right before two days, we take, uh, a week off. Now the weight room's still open, but whatever we said, you know, you have a week off. Uh, but two days back in the day, we're like, no one did anything. We have to get you in shape. The kids are already in great shape. Yeah. We run year round, uh, except ironically, we never run during the season. We don't do, we do zero conditioning during the season. Mm, yeah. Uh, which is kind of, I don't know if you guys ever played football, but yeah. I wish my coach, not- yeah, would have said no two days. That would have been amazing. <laughs> yeah. But we're already in great shape and all you're going to do is make the kids tired. And right. like I, you know, and even during the, the week, one of the things that we stopped doing was uh, and I, the way I always explain it is, if all three of us had a bench press contest on Friday, the game, mm-hmm. would you bench heavy and hard Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? Would you? No. If no. you had a yeah, no. no, no. So why would you run the fuck out of these kids Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and expect them to perform on Friday? Right. It makes zero sense. But that's again one of the ghosts that we had to get rid of. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, on Thursday we were going to start. The kids are already. I mean. We've already gone through like mini camp stuff like that, that, uh, Ohio high schools let you do. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's been great, you know, yeah. uh, it's awesome. very, very, very lucky to have a head coach that believes in it. Cause that doesn't always work. It yeah. doesn't always happen. If they give you good lip service, but they're all bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. Like, yeah. yeah. We, we really believe in it and then they don't do anything about it. Right. And then we have a community, uh, the parents that are part of this, uh, you know, the football players, parents and stuff like that. They're all hundred percent in like, yeah, this is what our kid, you know, and we don't spend a ton of time. We spend about an hour, three times a week, hour and 15 minutes, but that starts to add up yeah. over four years. Sure. Absolutely. Four years. So, well, Jim, you're, anyway. you're actually our first, uh, non-fighter that yeah. we talked to on the podcast. So, uh, we just thought it'd be funny to ask you a question though, is, plain is simple have you ever been in a fight and if so i mean do you have any funny fight stories or anything like that uh, i haven't been like uh, outside of uh football practice which you fight all the time but that doesn't really count uh the only good random fight story is uh my first uh experience with the university of arizona when we first i was spring ball i i was a i went to I didn't enroll in the summer, I enrolled in the winter. And so I was able to be part of the spring ball. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you know anything, but back in the mid to early, early to mid nineties, uh, Arizona defense was brutal. We gave up, uh, I think like 0.6 yards per rush. Oh, wow. Just, yeah, it was retarded. Like what our, our, our coaches and players were able to do. Yeah. So my first, and I was always like one of those, I, I don't know if it was taught to me, but like, listen, if you don't stand up for yourself, you got to, you're going to get stomped on your rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, like, if someone did me wrong, I was going to fight him, even if I was going to lose, you know, I was <clears throat> obviously not as big as the rest of the guys. So my first, uh, full practice, full pads inside line drill, I started to fight because someone did me wrong. Yeah. And, uh, so these, <clears throat> I had two guys like kind of hold me, and one guy held around my waist, and then three guys were just beating the shit out of me. And as soon as so that was kind of towards the end of practice, as I was walking off the field, those same guys like, dude, you're drinking with us tonight. We're gonna fuck up. <laughs> yep. 
question. I was like, all right, that's fine with me. Yeah, yeah. not football. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like that's like fighting too, though. Yeah, so... Uh, Awesome. But, you know, not since I was been like junior high. Or sure, something. sure. Okay. Right. So are you a- one of the things I realized now? It's like uh, you can be as big, as strong as you want. You can even be a great fighter. It's everyone's got a puncher's chance. Yeah, sure. that's absolutely true. Yeah. And, you, and, uh, so. So would you say, are you a fight fan? Like, do you watch, do you follow MMA, UFC? Do you watch fights? Yeah, I would say, well, as soon as, you know, you had to get like a uh, subscription to Disney or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. ESPN plus. I'm not going to pay 30 bucks every month and then another 80 bucks. Sure. Um, but up until then I probably bought almost every single UFC okay. uh, fight. Awesome. So, uh, so personally I'm a pretty big fan. So I follow a lot of your content, like your blog posts, especially And in one of those, you did an article on Emmett, like five three one in MMA. And within that article, you talked about Dan Henderson being your favorite fighter. So I wondered if you could talk, go ahead. Yeah, I love Dan. Yeah. So go ahead and just talk a little bit about why is he your favorite? And then since then, you know, if you have anybody that that's kind of taken that place since he's since retired. Uh, well, I, ironically, I've been to two, two uh, professional fights and they, they were both featured Dan Henderson and I did not plan that at all. It was just when <laughs> nice. I, I got to see him fight Fedor, which was insane. Cool. Uh, you, I don't know if you guys remember that Fedor was on all fours and Hendo was on top and punched him yeah. around him and knocked him mm-hmm. fucking out. <laughs> now, that's not Fedor at his prime, but it's still sure. Fedor. Right? Yeah, it's still Fedor, it's yeah. Still worth and then, uh, but anyway, the one thing, or a couple things I always like, one is Dan Henderson, especially as he got older, was kind of like ACDC. Everyone knew what was coming. Uh, he had that right, the, you know, the H-bomb. Yeah, yeah. Right. And everyone did. He didn't do in try takedowns. He didn't do anything fancy. Yeah. Kick a few times. His hip mobility was like just like mine. Just uh. yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, I remember when I the first Bisping fight. I remember it was a end of the first round, and they're like, "Mike, don't circle to your left, dude. Yeah. Whatever you do, just whatever you want. But yeah. Just don't do that." And then what does he do? <laughs> yep, man. And, uh, so then the other thing that I always liked, besides when he would. After he'd win a fight, his buddy would uh, he would take out his mouthpiece, and his buddy would bring, give him his teeth. Which I yeah. <laughs> uh, was uh, other than Bisping, anytime anyone fought him, they always had the utmost respect. There's very little mm. shit talking. It was always like, "What an honor I get to fight Dan Henderson." And then when he beat Hector Lombard on that crazy mm. elbow, I don't know if you remember that. It was insane. Yeah. It mm-hmm. was you know Dan, Dan was getting pummeled in that fight. Yeah, and. Uh, I don't know. He always seemed like he seemed like a dad who just like yeah. decided fucking pissed off. All yeah. the time. <laughs> he was fine again. He's like, I'm all right. Yeah. 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 We call, we like to call those guys. Like they're kind of like the last of a dying breed. You know, there's, there's just not yeah. the, the sports kind of phasing those guys out a little bit, but yeah, the, there's just, if you didn't watch back then, you just don't understand, you know, it, but yeah, it, it was awesome. It was fun when, uh, when like you'd have Couture and, and Chuck Liddell and GSP was just coming up. Yeah. And uh, who's that? Uh, the kid out of Iowa. The kid that killed him. Uh, Ma- Matt Hughes. Or uh, Hughes was tremendous. Like it was, you know, BJ Penn. His flexibility. I just yeah. wanted to watch him. Yeah. To, to see what he would do. And yeah. Uh, obviously Anderson Silva. I was in uh, California with one of my good buddies, and he, uh, we had to go to a, the Hooters to see him fight Vitor. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. that was a, front kick in that place you've uh, never seen so many people strangers like hugging yes. each other and uh i mean it was the it was like you know it must have been 150 people in there just going nuts it was yeah. like oh yeah it's like we just won the gold medal or something <laughs> so, very so, uh as far he, i you know between him and fedor probably for the greatest of all time yeah. uh and you could probably put uh mighty mouse in there except you know it's it's tough because uh no one really gives the like lightweight class right. a lot of respect. And, uh, but I watched him fight. Uh, you know who else I'd love to watch was Dominic Cruz. Cause it was so bizarre. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. He's wild. Yeah, he's funky. Just, you yeah. know, kind of, <laughs> yeah. Yep. And, uh, he was just a lot of fun to watch. Um, but I loved when I, when it was just kind of really getting steam with the, you know, the Dell area, I guess is probably the best way was a tremendous time. And, you know, they didn't have a lot of fights. So every fight was card was stacked. 
you know, they have a fight every three or four months. It mm. was just, that was amazing. So, uh, I loved, uh, like Sean shark. You remember that guy? The, the muscle, muscle shark. shark. <laughs> yeah, man. The muscle shark. Oh yeah. <laughs> and you, know, like, you sounded testing screwed us, man. It was like, I don't know. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I, don't, I don't take something. It's true. And, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I always loved it. Um, and we, they'd always, you know, they do like this. I remember Spike TV. I don't know, I don't know if people remember that, but mm-hmm. they used to have, uh, you know, like little things on each fighter and they'd show them training. And some of the times you're just like, oh my God, just, oh, it's so bad. Yeah. Oh, bad. And then like they win. And so, like, what are you going to say? Like, yeah. They're doing whatever they need to do, I guess. So, sure. But still. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, in that same article Brandon was talking about, or blog, um, you wrote something I thought was pretty interesting. I'd like to ask more about it. You said, which I know that was, it's kind of an older article, so maybe you've changed your thoughts. I don't know. But you said, every time I see somebody prescribing prescribing conditioning circuits for MMA strength training, I breathe a, a sigh of relief. As long as this person is deemed an expert, I will always have a job. Feel free to do your battling ropes and burpees after you strength cha- train. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny, but I would just like to hear more about, uh, or you elaborate more on that and uh, just your thoughts on circuit training in MMA, because yeah. we do see it a lot. Even, you know, watching those pre fight videos, it seems like a lot of guys are doing it, you know, or circuit training a lot. Um, so I just like yeah. to know your thoughts more on that. We, uh, at where I coach, we do tons of circuit training, but we keep the strength the strength and that needs to be developed. Now, afterwards, uh, we have a, a saying in football, at least where I am, my heart saying is we athlete the lower and we bodybuild the upper. Uh, we are, it's a power sport. You need to develop mass to protect you in foot. This is just football. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do everything we do for the lower body is explosive geared on strength and speed and stuff like that. And then the upper body, I don't really care. We just do tons of reps and try and get, you know, prom muscles. I call them, mm. you know, and I always tell them, yeah. I don't care if we win or lose. I just want to look big coming off the bus. That's the most exactly. important thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so the problem with that is, you know, with just doing circuits, it's yours. How do I put this? You are, you're practicing practice and that's fine, but you got to develop strength at some point. Now I always, people will argue and say, well, you don't need to bench press 400 pounds. And I'm like, you're exactly right. You don't need to, but if you only bench 115, if we can get you a little stronger, you're going to be a little bit better. You don't have to be strong per se. We just want you a little stronger. Now, obviously once a guy gets to a certain point, you don't need to, you don't need to deadlift 800 pounds or Mm -hmm. anything like that. We're just trying to get you a little stronger. And that doesn't take, I can probably, you know, over a course of a year, if we spend 15 minutes uh, just strength, like we just usually do one main lift a day. That's the way I, I coach. Like we're, <clears throat> that gives you a total focus for the day. Um, but anyway, uh, we can spend 15 minutes. We will get you stronger over a long period of time. And then you can go do all your other stuff. That's fine. But keep the strength the strength. And, uh, I think that I think when people think strength training, I think sometimes like we got to spend 45 minutes. It's like, no, it doesn't take that long. Uh, and the other, like I said before, uh, <clears throat> like your, your practice and stuff will help your conditioning quite a bit. Uh, so don't just do more practice, do something that you're not uh, doing right now uh, in your practice. And that is moving heavier weights uh, for your skill level. Or strength level, I say. So when you say keep the strength to strength, are you are you kind of are you basically saying like kind of focus on like one singular strength movement when you're doing that? Like is that how you differentiate the strength with the circuits? Yeah. So uh for example, we will do uh the way that we do our training, um, we do our warm-ups and what you know, whatever stuff we got going on, and then we give the kids 20 minutes. Like you have this, this block of time, all I want you to do is, for example, trap bar. You're going to be awesome at the trap bar. You can take longer rest breaks. That's fine. All we're looking for is you guys trying to set a PR or whatever we're doing for the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to be awesome at that. After that, we, <clears throat> we usually set up uh, some type of circuit uh, mm-hmm. for their upper body. And, you know, usually dumbbell squats are involved in there somewhere. Uh, and that will help build muscle. And that also helps build your conditioning to a certain degree. But that block of time, we're just worried about lifting massive weights. I mean, obviously for them, for 
for the person. Right. Uh, and that's what we go. And then the other thing is strength is not a, it's, uh, it takes time to develop. So you don't have to, we have this all the time, at least in high school football, like the kid will, uh, go talk to the coach. It's like, listen, over the summer, you gotta get your bench up to 300. The kid's bench in 220. Yeah. Like you don't have, you gotta give the kid four years, you know? So you don't have to like, uh, the way, the way that we train, I always say, we're not, I don't want to cram for anything. Let's study 10 minutes a day for a whole month before the big test. Then you're going to be set. And that's the same way we look at strength. You have to give it some time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, so there you go. Okay. So kind of segueing a little bit off that, let's talk about peaking. I think we were kind of going with this when you mentioned like the benching leading up to the game, right. Or leading up to the competition, you wouldn't want to bench three yeah. days before. So when we talk about peak peaking before like a specific date, like for a fight, for example, what is some insight you have in regards to making sure that a fighter is sort of able to fire on, on all cylinders on that day in terms of, you know, when right, so this, this gets a little tricky because, uh, I don't train fighters. Okay. So Fair enough. the one thing, no, you have to understand, I coach high school athletes, Yep. high school athletes, uh, we get our goal and we almost always do it for every kid unless they're injured get stronger during the season that's the goal i want to because i always tell the kids do you want to be stronger in may or in november october or whatever it only makes sense that we're stronger at the end of the season than before this season because that's when the shit's happening that's mm-hmm. when the playoffs go out. i don't want our i want our kids feeling awesome so I don't believe in peaking for what I do. It's stupid. The kids can still get stronger for, you know, we, I have the kids. My wife usually has them for one to two years. I have them for four years here, five years. We can make great progress. And so bear with me on this. So everyone understands uh, uh, the kids who are freshmen or sophomore, maybe they're just playing JV. We train right through the season. I tell the kids and I don't care what they say. Your season doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is varsity. So now starting August, September, October, November, that's four months uh, we have of extra training where we're kicking ass. You can't make that up. You can't, no matter how much you bench or squat, uh, we we have four months advantage on you. Now you, let's say a kid doesn't play until he's a junior. That's eight extra months of training during the season that they're kicking ass. Okay. So that's a little different. Um, The other, the hard thing with, uh, fighting is like when do you when do you take stuff out now this is where spp and gpp comes in and this is where i I always answer questions with you know i'm a i'm in brazilian jiu-jitsu the thing you have to work with and this is what again i already mentioned this you have to work with your sport coach he has to be saying like listen during let's say you're 16 weeks out of the fight like say listen for the first I'm just making numbers up. The first five weeks, we're going to take it lighter in the gym, in the mats or whatever you want to say. Yeah. So that I can develop some GPP. I can rest a little bit. My joints aren't going to be killing me. I can get a little stronger. And then the next phase, like, listen, we're going to do up to the mat work, but we're not going to kill you. I'll pull back a little bit on the strength work. Um, and then at the end, it's almost all skill work and stuff like that, maintaining great conditioning. And that's when you just kind of maintain for the last four weeks or so. And you don't need a lot to maintain because you're doing all kinds of mat work. The problem is, at least from my, from what I, I, I've been told, so again, this is just hearsay. It's just fucking a hundred percent every day on the mats. There's no real training, uh, schedule. It's just yeah. fucking, let's just bombard. Let's just go. And then see where the chips uh, fall. And that's not a really good plan. And that's one of the areas that a lot of uh, football does a great job of it because training is part of football. It has been since 1969, 70 or whatever, uh, when Boyd Epley just started. So they're, they're used to working with coaches and understanding like, listen, we need to back off and we need to do this with fighting. Like how, how do you convince your, your sport coach or whatever you guys want to call them that you're going to listen, I need some to back off and some of the more strenuous stuff so I can spend a little more time just getting in general shape and then we can ease back. And that's, uh, again, you like, uh, the way that I train the kids, we can maintain, especially with the trap bar for whatever reason, we can keep our training max around 75% and still make great progress without killing the kids. I know it sounds insane, but uh, as an example, 
uh, one year I uh, using rep maxes. So this is not a one rep max, but we used all the way up to a 10 rep max. And I calculated the kids training max or what their I'm sorry, not the train, their one rep max. Mm -hmm. So if you do 225 for 10, that's a 300 pound trap bar. It's not perfect, but just bear with me. Uh, I think we had a team average and this included the freshmen of a 416 pounds or something like that, 415. Okay. We had, I think four or five kids who lifted consistently over 300 pounds. Mm -hmm. uh, most of them lifted in a 200 pound range, 200, 250, 275 okay, for their work sets. Okay. We only had a, maybe a half dozen kids who regularly lifted over 300 pounds. Yet we were able, once we tested out to average close to 415. Wow. So we don't need to, we don't need to max out. We're not power lifters. We don't need to have great one rep max power, but we need to have good strength. Mm. The, what I'm trying to say is you can still get stronger without having to, you know, put your cojones in a vice every day. Yeah. Right. That's Yeah. And the hard thing about doing that is you have to have a coach that understands what bar speed looks like. I know I, I work, I'm one coach and I got 60 kids right now. So the, the freshmen, I don't really worry about as long as their technique is fine. We can go ahead and push them. I'm sorry, but you're not terribly advanced enough where a hard set of squats and deadlifts is going to really affect you that much yeah. two hours from now. It's just not going to. Now, the more advanced guys, as soon as I see something kind of start to get a little wonky, you cut them off, you're done for the day. You're fine. Let's just go on to the circuit stuff. So that requires a little better coaching. And basically what that means is if the bar speed is not good, uh, especially on the lower body list, we cut it off a little bit, mm. especially during the season. Uh, and so even from there, a kid, let's say a kid comes up and he's like, man, something's really bothering me. I'm like, all right, let's look at your first two, uh, warm up sets and let's work at your, look at your first work set. If it looks like shit, we just stop for the day. That's fine. Because we train 50 weeks out of the year, we can take a day off or so. Um, the, I guess the point I'm trying to make is it does require, uh, a sport coach and a strength coach, or at least the athlete to understand, listen, I can live to fight another day and that's fine. Uh, but the problem is, is a lot of fighters come from a wrestling background where it's like, listen, we're going till I die. You know, yeah. the, I love Dan Gable. I think he's a great story, but there's only reason why Dan Gable, there's only one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, just, and not everyone's Dan Gable. That doesn't mean you can't aspire to, to have greatness um, and stuff like that. But it's just like, listen, I have some limits and I'm okay right now with not exceeding them until I'm ready. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah. so it, it, it's, it's a it, dude, the in season stuff and, and peaking stuff is such a balancing act. You couldn't even write it out and say, go do this. That guy has to be there every single day and has to be talking with you and understand, you know, one of the things that we do before practice, we do our, you know, I run the warm-ups before practice and we do, uh, you know, just basic, I don't know, we do a lot of gymnastics, front rolls, cartwheels, uh, bear crawls, stuff like that. If I determine, and you can see it fucking easy, if their cartwheels look like shit or they're just lackadaisical, I, I, we have every, before every practice, I have a meeting with the head coach after the warm-up. He says, what do you think? And I'm like, dude, you got to take it easy because, the, you know, because yeah. Their performance uh, will tell you that. And they, he listens. You know how awesome that is? <laughs> yeah. is like, because the usual thing for a sport coach is to, let's say we have a shitty game on Friday. We're all tired. You know, our heads are hanging down. We're not making tackles. What's the usual response on Monday? Run everyone we to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Run <laughs> to the ground. Yeah. And what's, but is that logical? No. no. The logical thing is, hey, let's back off, man. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's work on uh, the mental aspects where, where we know what we're doing. Let's rest up a little bit. Instead, they keep on pounding, you know, digging the hole deeper and deeper. And the kids are just getting lower and lower. And uh, so I think that's, that's one of the hard things about MMA is the wrestling background. And that's not to say that there's not positive parts that there is a work ethic that is unparalleled, yeah. but you have to combine that with some common sense too. And it just, it's tough. Uh, so, but I'm probably not making any 
any fans right now with wrestling. No. <laughs> well, something interesting too that I've been I've thought about a lot, and you kind of touched on it when you said you guys, you know, you only have the two weeks off throughout the year, and fighters are all kind of different with this because some fighters will say, you know, they're they're training throughout the year, and there's no such thing as a camp for them, but other fighters will say they go through camps, right? So. They'll give themselves like eight weeks before the fight, and that's that's when they're really in it. They're training, but outside of those eight weeks, you know, maybe they're doing some jujitsu, maybe they're hitting some pads, but that's kind of it. And I, I wonder how much of kind of taking the approach that you talked about, where it's just kind of all year round. I wonder how that might play into into some of their. Well, let's. You're talking. <clears throat> I'll give you a good example. Henderson had a great. He's like my training camps last six weeks because that's all I can handle of that hard training. Mm-hmm. But now there's a guy who's not only advanced, but older. All right. Mm-hmm. But you take a kid who, you know, a 20 year old kid who has been wrestling for the last six years. And now he just get into MMA. Uh, he has a lot more leeway with that stuff. Right. The one thing I will always say is regardless of the approach you take, when you're in the off season, you kind of have to glide a little bit. What that means to Dan Henderson is vastly different than a 20-year-old kid uh, who wrestled at uh, Iowa State. Right. Okay? Um, Because there's – you know how they always say your heartbeat only has so many hearts? You know, like like when Chuck Liddell got knocked out, I couldn't fucking believe it. And after that, every time he got knocked out, right? Yeah. Like it was night and day. Mm -hmm. And it's like – his chin can only absorb so many hits, right? Your body can only do so much. So let's preserve it a little bit. That does. And the, the great thing is I'll, I'll use our kids as an example. My goal is never to crush the kids ever. Now we might have some fun prowler days, but that's on a Friday and the prowler doesn't make you sore. It just makes you tired. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but for, I can't, and I fucked up as a coach, excuse my language. I know I swear a lot. I don't know. Oh, you're, right. you're good, man. Uh, yeah. So I, I've done this before. On Monday, we I'll try something a little different, some little thing that maybe I was thinking about. The kids are so tired by Wednesday, we have to basically mail in Wednesday like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. And then Friday, they're just barely getting back. Right. So the smart thing to do, let's just have a good solid workout on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and just solid, great workouts. Again, they're they're hard, but we work up to that. Mm-hmm. So. So, uh, it doesn't trash you all the time. And so, for example, uh, regardless if you're Dan Henderson or whatever, you, you got to relax a little bit. Uh, you can't push everything into the red because it's going to catch up to you and it's going to catch up quick. Yeah. Uh, so I guess the best way of saying that the off season, you're gliding anyway. It just, it depends. Sometimes you can run at 80 miles an hour and some guys got to fucking just let off the gas and let them, let it motor down just, you know, cause, uh, especially the younger kids got to learn. That's a lot of skill work. Yeah. A ton of skill work. You know, it just doesn't have to be damaging skill work. Right. What's so up? I remember oh, like Pat, Pat Militich when he was on Joe Rogan, he's like, dude, we sparred all the time. It was like every day. Yeah. It's like, that's great. And it's like, you guys are familiar with the Bulgarians. Yes. Weightlifters. Yeah. You know, lifted three times a day, maxed out three on three lifts. Mm-hmm. Now they had great success, but no one talks about the litter of bodies that they left in their wake. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, the, the, and they had the, uh, how do I put this? I don't have that. Uh, I don't have that advantage of like, if this kid drops out, someone else is just popping right back in. Sure. I have what I have. Right. So you have to tailor it a little bit to the, what the kid's level is. Now you still have to have, extremely high expectations for us. Our expectations are, you know, hundred percent attendance. If we tell you to put your toe behind the line, your toes behind the line, like shit, like little, the little things. And, uh, once you start them understanding the discipline and what's expected of them, then they start raising their own standards. And, uh, but anyway, yeah. um, I don't know where I was going with that. The, the point being, uh, whatever, let's just go to the <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you're good, man. Hey, we're, we're following. You're good. Uh, but so one thing, cause like a lot of fighter, you know, p- fighters don't get paid a lot of money, you know, especially regionally, you know, if really, if you're not in one of these big organizations like Bellator, UFC, you're kind of running yeah. on limited resources. So, you know, what would you say to like maybe a fighter that's listening that has limited resources, you know, maybe can't afford a strength and conditioning coach and then lacks the knowledge too, right? Because if you don't, 
have that, then you're just trying to do, you know, what your high school strength and conditioning coach taught you. And I mean, you probably even know being in the field that not every high school strength and conditioning coach knows what they're talking about. Um, so what, well, you know, what's something that these guys can do, uh, to help strengthen their bodies, uh, for a fight, you know, just something basic essentials, things like that. Well, the, the first thing is not what you can do strength wise. The first thing is if you don't have oper- that advantage, then you have to create the advantage and become a student yourself. When I first started strength training, I had a great uh, coach uh, who wasn't technically a coach. He was a teacher that just helped out, but uh, he left the learning up to me. And I had to become a student of the game because we didn't really, it was just show up at three o'clock after school, we're going to do some lifting weights. And it was just kind of whatever you want to do. So I, uh, I knew at a very early age what I wanted to do uh, as far as football. And so I was, I realized very quickly too, I was not that good. I was not a great athlete, you know, compared to Barry Sanders and Walter Payton. <laughs> right. And so when I started reading about strength training, I was like, holy shit, this is my edge. If, Cause I can control this. I can't, I'm not going to be 250 pounds shredded and I'm not going to be running a four, three forty. So this was the one thing I could control. I could always get in good shape mm-hmm. and I could always get a little stronger. So I became a student. So I would ask or advise those people like, listen, become a student of it. Read a couple different things, you know, always try and school yourself. Um, the one thing, uh, just for strength training, uh, find a lift you can do. And I would usually, the two things I would recommend, it doesn't mean you have to do both, mm-hmm. uh, learn how to squat or learn how to do a trap bar deadlift. Mm, yeah. If you can do both, that's great. But generally speaking, we have kids, some of them can't very squat very well, uh, but almost all of them can trap bar very well. You need to develop just some basic brute, dumb, dumb power. Yeah, it's just mm. stupid fucking strong power. Yeah. Um, and then from there, develop some kind of pressing power. It could be bench press or the standing press. It doesn't really matter terribly. But get it. Ha- I would choose a barbell. Don't I mean dumbbells are great, but it's easier to add an extra, you know, five pounds on a barbell right. than it is on a dumbbell sure. or a standing press. And then uh, be a king of chin ups and pull ups, you know, yeah. and not just ton- tons of reps are great. But man, if you can, like every year I tr- try and test if I can do uh, at least two reps at one fit or one rep at 115 pounds, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Like that's good pull up power for me. Yeah. And, uh, so that those if that's all you really work on it's just your main lifts. That doesn't mean the assistance and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. If you can get stronger trap bar, squat, any of the presses, like a strict press or the bench press, and your chin up power, you're going to be good to go. And it doesn't have to be terribly complicated how you get there. You know, I get asked all the time, like, what's the best this? Or it, it doesn't matter as long as you're consistent and it's got some common sense. I'm not. Uh, I don't pray at an altar with my picture at it. There's a lot of ways to get stronger yeah. and I am totally okay. And it's one of the things like uh, you, I've seen this dozens of times is, you know, some guy will come into the weight room and just do everything wrong, but he's consistent and guess he gets stronger. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, It may not be the smartest way or the most efficient way or the most effective, but he does it because he's consistent. So mm. uh, that's the other thing. Now, as far as, and that's, that's as fucking basic as you can get, right? you know, it really is. And sure. I, if people would just kind of, uh, the, the problem is like, I don't know. How old are you guys right now? 31, 26. Okay. So I'm, I'm 46 years old. When I was growing up, there was no information out there. There was a couple yeah. magazines like, you know, body, muscle and fitness or whatever. And occasionally you get your hands on something cool, but the inf- like you really had to work. If you wanted to learn how to strength train, you really had to work. Mm. And nowadays you don't have to work, but there's so much shit out there. You don't know where to look. Yeah. So you have, this, you have different issues, but the same, the same problem. So, uh, but find a training program that fits your schedule, fits your commitment and consistency and uh, that you want to do. If you don't want to do something, it's not going to work. Right. No matter how much you fucking do it. So sort of like uh, a diet. You always say belief is huge. Just like those guys doing everything wrong who get stronger. Seems to work for them. Yeah. Because <laughs> they yeah. so but anyway. But yeah, man, it's just be just like how do I put this? Like when you're a bachelor, you have to learn how to cook. You have to be because if not, you're just gonna be eating shit food all the time. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. 
So it's the same thing. If you don't have a strength coach, you're going to have to learn. You're going to have to take it yeah. upon yourself. And then really, I'm not asking you to split an atom. Right. I mean, a lot of dumb people have gotten strong. Yeah. So. True. <laughs> Very true. Okay. So one other question I had, and this kind of has to do with weight, because um, I know like in powerlifting, there's weight classes, right? And yeah. obviously with powerlifting, typically the bigger you are, the more you're going to lift. So a lot of times that's guys trying to get as big as they can to lift because more mass equals more weight typically. Yes. So fighting is kind of the opposite sometimes. A lot of times guys will walk around, say at 185, 190, and they will cut themselves down to 155 to be really competitive in that weight class because the guys are going to be smaller there. So I just wondered if you... what. If you had any insight on what that's like in the in the powerlifting versus, um, like, do you guys do you see guys cutting weight to be more competitive in certain classes, or is it typically always just trying to go up? Uh, I our standard my standard rule of thumb is unless you're breaking a world record, just whatever you weigh, you weigh. That's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Uh, I I think a lot of times, as an example. Uh, You'll have a young kid who maybe doesn't know exactly what he's doing. Maybe he's a little nervous before the meet. Not a young young lifter, I should say, as sure. far as lifting age. And then you start adding in a, the weight cut. Now there's other shit he's got to worry about now. He barely knows where to put his hands on the bench press bar. Mm-hmm. So let's – why are we going to add another uh, <clears throat> another stressor leading up to his first meet? So just whatever you weigh, your weigh is fine, and that's, that's generally the rule of thumb. Now, if you're – trying to become the first guy to bench 700 at 181 or whatever it is, you go ahead and cut, man. You've earned your stripes. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Um, the issue that, uh, like we, I work with some wrestlers cause some of the wrestlers are football players and my mm-hmm. only female that I train is a wrestler. Uh, she got first in state her junior year and second in state her senior year. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's a tremendous girl and, uh, she still is ditzy. And I always tell her like <laughs> She's still a girl to the bone, but she's tough as fuck. Yeah. But uh, so like <clears throat> now she only has to cut maybe eight pounds sometimes, but eight pounds on 120 pounds yeah. is big. Yeah. Percentage wise, it's a huge chunk. Uh, but the the problem that I always see, and I saw this in powerlifting, guys would cut 30 to 35 pounds, you know, go lift in whatever class. And then they would, you know, I, they bag up. You know, I, I don't, I think IVs are now illegal, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, you know, the healthy way, let's fucking just screw that. We're not doing that. <laughs> right. uh, yeah. But even if you uh, usually weigh 185, cut down to 155, then weigh 185 during the fight, it's not the same weight. It really isn't. Yeah. And uh, you can sometimes see that. Now, it's a, <clears throat> uh, you know, when they're fighting, they're great maybe in the first round. And then it's just, it's just exhausting. Yeah. Because uh, I always tell people, if I told you you had to go fight for your life for five rounds or three rounds of five minutes, would you deplete everything in your body for two weeks right. <laughs> or whatever? Yeah, no, you wouldn't. No. So it doesn't really make sense. Now, there's a lot of guys that can, and I, they have to work with someone that really know how to do it correctly. Um, but I think I think once your performance starts really tanking on fight night, you got to take a step back and say, would it is it really worth this, or can I fight at what weight I'm at? And maybe that guy might be 20 pounds heavier, but he's going to have the disadvantage because he's going to be exhausted. And I can just float, you know, weigh what I weigh, you know, they might have to cut five pounds or whatever. But, uh, and that's, I saw guys like, uh, I think Donald Cerrone just said, this is what I weigh. You know, he may cut a little bit here and there. Yeah. Uh, And I saw a couple guys, this was probably four or five years ago, maybe more where they start there's that was kind of the trend like let's just kind of weigh what we weigh and, and i'm okay with that i mean there was guys like i think rumble johnson was oh like yeah. 170 yeah yeah and he was yeah. and it's like man uh there, there's a massive point of diminishing returns and uh yeah. the one thing like when i when uh when gracie is cutting weight you know how we train we just base everything off bar speed and any time she goes in the shitter, we just end the workout because it's not going to do her any good. Yeah. I mean, especially when you're in the wrestling practice, it's tough. Uh, you only have so when you're cutting, you only have so much fuel. And if you're wrestling all this time, your time is really better spent recovering yeah. and not. Training. Yeah. Now we will do a few things, you know, she still has that mentality, but I had to have to talk her down a little bit. Like, listen, it's okay. You're not going to be as strong as you were right now. And that's okay. <laughs> Uh, but you'll be stronger, hopefully, on the mat. 
uh, from all the other stuff that we've been doing over the past shit three years now, I think. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's always a, a weird subject for me. We have, uh, you know, kids who will drop 40 pounds from football to wrestling, 30 pounds or something. It's just, Ugh. yeah, it's just not, uh, you know, it's, it's been my experience that for that to work, I have to be with them in every training session. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I, I don't have that advantage because during the season, those kids will lift at a little different time. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, yeah, it's, it's crappy. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, Jim, one of our guys that he, we typically do the podcast with, we usually, we usually like to end with like some rapid fire. His name's Johnny. Couldn't be here, but he did send some questions for you. So if okay. you're cool, we're just going to shoot him to you. No right or wrong yeah. answer. Just fun. Uh, first <laughs> say what? We'll determine how wrong my answers are. Yeah, no, there's no right or wrong. It's all good. Uh, so very first one, I, I, he knew you were a coach. So I think that's what this one came from. Bucket hat or visor? What's that? Bucket hat or visor? Oh, bucket hat. Fuck visors. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Hey, I'm a Chicago Bears fan, and Matt Nagy rocks the visor. Uh, yeah, sorry, man. I grew up, I grew up where, where you live. We're, we're in uh, Kokomo, Indiana. It's central Indiana, so we're about two and a half, three hours away from Chicago. Yeah, I grew up just outside of Chicago. Yeah, so... Yeah. Yeah, Nag Bears, that's a sore spot. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> my dad's still like a White Sox fan. I'm like, Dad, just fucking stop. <laughs> yeah, Bears, What kills me is, you know, we're obviously the Packers are the uh, big nemesis. And yeah, Packers crack me up because they think quarterbacks are just like, why can't you just choose a great quarterback? We've had two quarterbacks in 25 years, and they're all of famers. What's wrong with you? And it's just like, Jesus, horrible. Yeah. Uh, watch. Well, hopefully Justin uh, Fields is going to take us back to the promised yeah, land. That's, yeah, that's the hope. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Every three years, it's the same fucking story. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Mike Glennon, don't forget. Uh, <laughs> uh, next question was cake or pie? Woo. Oh, boy. Uh, I would probably choose pie. Okay. Like a good uh, strawberry, I'm sorry, uh, apple. Rhubarb is insane. Mm. Uh, my mom used to make homemade, home, homemade rhubarb pie all the time. But man, I have a horrible obsession with cheap sheet cake, like the kind you go in the store. Costco. And, oh, it's, but I would make just the Duncan Hines. I'd just make it. My wife, when I uh, first met her, she's like, how can you eat that shit? I'm like, dude, it's fucking. My mom made everything <laughs> homemade. Everything was homemade in our house. Yeah. So I craved shit food. Yeah. Like, never got soda i never got candy nothing so like i got plums that was my candy <laughs> once i went off to college it was like coca-cola and fucking starburst yeah. <laughs> uh favorite beverage geez cherry coke okay i love that, that's that's my mom see my mom fuck you mom. <laughs> i'll never watch this but I'm that's yeah that's all right uh would you rather be seven foot tall or run a four flat 40 Four flat forty for sure. Feet, you're not doing anything. Oh, <laughs> even, uh, yeah. One superpower. What would it be? The oh, I've, my wife and I talk about this all the time. I have the abil ability to stop time. Okay, Doctor okay, Strange. So I would uh, snap my fingers, and if I always, dude, we talk about this incessantly. <laughs> we make up rules like, listen, if I'm touching you, then you you get to go into the vortex with me. Like, <laughs> Dude, I would the shit that I would do to people would be. <laughs> now, of course, I would like take money. I'll be completely honest. For sure, right. fuck the banks, you know. They're, oh yeah. But the, just to tie people's shoes together, or just write cunt on someone's forehead and permanent marker. <laughs> I don't know. It would be if you and if anyone listening wants to read a ridiculously funny, awesome book. There's a book called The Fermata by Nicholson Baker, where he stops time. Okay. And uh, it's incredibly graphic sexually and just kind of nuts and weird. Holy shit, is it funny, though? Yeah. So if anyone wants to read a good book that probably nice canceled. You know, <laughs> yeah. right. And then we then we put on this. We're like, well, we wouldn't age during that time, you know? Oh, man. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Next one, leg day or cardio? Oh, fucking leg day. Like as far as what I love, dude, he's squatting. Nothing, nothing's better than squatting. Oh. Yeah, I love it. Uh, would you rather live on a beach or in the mountains? Mountains times a billion. Yeah. Ugh. 
Yeah, I think I'm with I was, you. I was in uh, Florida not too long ago. We usually go and like you look out the ocean, it was beautiful, and then you turn around and there's nothing but fucking giant buildings. And I'm yeah. like, what a shit. Yeah. What a sh- oh, <laughs> yeah. Everyone's ruining everything. You go on the mountains, you three you can take out a fucking rifle and just shoot anything. Like no one's gonna do anything. <laughs> fucking yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Uh, just for right privileges, I pick the mountains. Oh, I love shooting shit. All right. Yeah, there you go. Sandals. <laughs> I'm are, yeah. <laughs> nice. Same here, man. Sandals or sneakers? Oh, uh, sandals. I, I wear that's the best part about the summer is flip-flops. Yeah. Uh I mean, I wear the shit out of my shoes when I train and stuff, but if I dude, I wear them in the weight room, which is probably the worst possible place to wear sandals. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, Not, yeah. Plus when I was really fat. Like really fat, you don't want to put on shoes. It's a lot of work. You know, <laughs> blood pressure. Got to bend over, get lightheaded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely sandals. Now, do you do socks and sandals, or are you just? No, no, I got flip flops. Right. I got flip flops. Yeah, no I, way. All right. All I right. Am not, I'm not like listen. If you're uh, Randy Couture or Johnny Depp or Jason Statham, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Right. Right. I, I'm neither of none of those guys, so I have to abide by some codes of decency. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> la- last one, last one he had was try and tackle Derrick Henry one on one or get hit by Lawrence Taylor. I'll do Derrick Henry because he's just oh. stiff on me. Yeah, he'll just stiff. On me. Hopefully, and you're like, ah, hopefully, like, Dude, what happens in the NFL. I'm no, I'm no worse than any of those guys in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, Lawrence Taylor was coked out of his mind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, Derrick Henry. Though I just I couldn't imagine that. That'd be even the stiff yeah, arm would probably suck, but. Yeah, I, that's fine. I'll take it on the chin. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, probably knock me out. Uh, do you have anything else? No, that was everything. Well, Jim, that's all we got, man. Uh, where can people find you? Social media, all that stuff. Uh, we have a website. We have blogs. Uh, we don't spam me with a ton of emails, maybe once or twice a month. JimWendler.com, www.JimWendler.com. I am on Instagram. Uh, and I, when I say I'm on Instagram, I probably put one post up a month. But I... Any question that comes in, I, I answer. So mm-hmm. if people have questions, I always do that. Uh, I'm on Facebook, but I spend probably, I go on there maybe once every two weeks. It's okay. just, what a cesspool, man. It's yeah. tough. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we some, we had some issues. We got uh, suspended and banned from all those places for a long time because of, what was it, what they call it? Uh, hate speech or something. Oh, yeah, because you were using it. words like, I think I saw that you are using words like courageous and things like that. Yeah, I used the term body weight and responsibility. Oh, yeah. Body weight and responsibility. <laughs> That'll get you flagged in 2021. <laughs> Unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. And then we got, yeah, it's just been a big clusterfuck, but uh, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome that you can reach out and, and reach people, but at the same time, it's just become a shit show. So yeah. uh, the one thing I'm... I'm one of the most grateful people you'll ever meet. I am I'm grateful every day for the life I have. Mm-hmm. I, I wrote down when I was 19, I wrote down what I wanted to do. Like not specifically, but I said, listen, I want to do these, I think it was three things. And I was able to achieve that. <clears throat> and I was able to go even beyond what I could ever imagine. Like I get, I have the best life. I have the best family. My parents are awesome. My wife and my kids are great. Um, and I'm, but one thing I'm super grateful for was I, I was able to, really get my foot into this industry before social media. Mm. And I kind of got grandfathered in like, ah, he doesn't post that much. It's fine. Yeah. And uh, I didn't really have to do that. Now I did a ton of work on EFS and stuff like that. Don't get me wrong, but man, it's a tough time to grow up in this industry. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. You say one thing, man, it's <laughs> yeah. 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 And you don't even have to prove anything. Like we had a, I remember, uh, when Dave first let me on the EFS Q and a, I was ashamed that I didn't have uh, 1950 total because I wasn't technically elite. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, you're fine. You know, I'm like, no, dude, everyone's going to th-. like, I just squatted eight fifty or something like that. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. like oh, I'm, a, I'm a fraud. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I do have, I do have a kind of a personal one for me. Um, I yeah. listen to a lot of Dave's Dave Tate stuff all the time. So who, who wins in a wrestling match? You or Dave? Oh, I will kill Dave. <laughs> he can't. He's got no hips. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay. Let me let me yeah. let me rephrase the question. Okay. Who wins in a wrestling match? Prime you or Prime Dave? There you go. Oh yeah, he's thinking Prime. now. No, I would. I'm in. I'm in better shape than Dave. I always was. Even if he, even when he was bodybuilding. 
That's not in shape. He's in shape to be girls. It's <laughs> a good point. Dude, it's I, fair. I played uh, both ways for like four years on varsity, man. Okay. Like, my, my my hope is that somehow this gets brought up when you do another podcast with him. I, I would just oh, love for that to get. I would fucking bust Dave's balls all the time. <laughs> Dave and I have a really odd relationship because I was their first full-time employee. I've mm-hmm. known Dave since 2001. And uh, it is uh, – I don't have to talk. I don't talk to, you know, Dave's like as bad as me, like keeping in contact. So right. every once in a while we'll, we'll get together for lunch or breakfast or something. Nothing fucking changes. <laughs> and, and the amount of shit that Dave, and not like bad stuff, but the stupid stuff that we've had to deal with. Mm-hmm. It's just been, uh, it's awesome to have a friend like that, that, uh, like my best friend in the world is Matt Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, him, I played football with him in Arizona. Uh, we hang out all the time. Uh, and he's, understands me from the football and the strength coach perspective, but he doesn't understand me exactly from the, like the fitness industry perspective all the time, but Dave sure. has that. So we can kind of just sit there and bitch. It's nice. Cause he's like, Oh, I totally get it, dude. Yep. He's like, what about this? Oh yeah. <laughs> and so it's nice to have someone you could, it's like having a wife, like God, our kids a fucking asshole. Like, Oh yeah. <laughs> I can't say that to everyone else. Right. Like, he's an angel. I'm like, right. Oh yeah. yeah. Idea. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, dude, it, the amount, it's just awesome. And it's so cool to see how big uh, Elite FTS has gotten. Yeah. Because I, I got in basically on the ground floor. And we, you know, it was a, it was a fucking struggle, man. It really was. Yeah. I mean, people don't understand, like, when I first got there, we would answer all the phones. Dave and I would box shit up. Right. We were in the back room putting stuff in. We made no air conditioning in that place either. So we were, I mean, I don't know how much of my, my chest hair is on stuff. Cause if we would, <laughs> we wouldn't have shirts, I'd be sweaty, you know? And, uh, uh yeah, it's just, that's kind of stuff. Uh, you know, I wouldn't, even though it wasn't the most fun, you know, it's, uh, the stuff I remember the most, it's, right. it was never the, you know, yeah. this and that is, or the big things that people probably remember. It was, man, we, we'd go to seminars, do the shit that we would see at seminars. Oh my Lord. And I'm not talking about like technique. Just characters. You're like, oh my god, this. Guy, uh, how is this guy even out of jail? <laughs> Dude, watch my six. Come on, man. Yeah. Watch my six. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Jim, man, we don't want to take up any more of your time, and we appreciate you giving this to us. And um, yeah. thank you for talking to us. And uh, yeah, we're extremely grateful for you, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. And best of luck with the podcast, man. Thanks. Thank you. you. Thank you very much. Right, thank Keep you. up with those articles, man. I love reading. I read them every day. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. We'll see you, Jim. Thanks, man. Later. Bye-bye. Jim Windler. There it is. That was awesome, man. <laughs> what a guy. He's goofy. Awesome, He's dude. Love it. Yeah. I uh, The whole time he was talking, I was just like having like flashbacks to football, and I'm just like, God, yeah. I cannot imagine this guy in my face <laughs> just like going in. On, <laughs> like when he said something about like, you know, Hey, if we tell you to keep your toe behind the line, the toes behind the line, and right. I'm just like, could you imagine just like the tip of your toe of that line, and then he's just all up in your <laughs> he's face? He's right there. Oh yeah. gosh! <laughs> Especially with like, obviously you can't really tell in the video, but uh-huh. he's a pretty big dude. Like, yeah. he's oh, not yeah. quite as big as some of the other lifters, but he's a big guy. Yeah, so. no, I, yeah. you can see it, man. I, I, I bet those kids. Well, first off, they're they're incredibly lucky mm-hmm. to have a guy like that because yeah. you know I'm not joking. Like when I say I know a lot of high school and you know locally you know in Kokomo the the football program has kind of like what he was saying it's grown leaps and bounds but I know when I was there uh (laughs) the weights and conditioning was not uh (laughs) probably wasn't safe for most right I mean everybody's like lifting the same weight and and nobody's monitoring technique so uh for that for that community to have people like him and his wife Mm -hmm. um I mean just just within the community forget the football program but what they're bringing is yeah I mean, that's, they're, they're changing lives, men and women, it yeah. sounds like. He's, I think he's, a, he's actually got a shirt, I think, that they're putting out now on his website, and, it's, and it says, um, strong individuals create strong communities. So yeah. that's, that's one of the things they go by. Yeah, we'll um, get on there and get some shirts. Yeah, for uh, sure. Just for him doing that for us, because, yeah. uh, like I said, he's he's a busy guy. Yeah, So very uh, passionate. He's very passionate I about what he it, does. I love it, man. I love yeah. it. Yeah, and you can tell that. That's what's mm-hmm. awesome, yeah. right? You know, he's and, and he's made it a family thing, too, yeah. so... Uh, well, man, like I said, once again, we appreciate Jim. Brandon, before we go, do you have anything for the people? 
Man, if you guys have questions about lifting, 531, look it up. It's a good place to go. Yeah, at Jim Windler. We will tag him on our Instagram. That's at Neon Belly Podcast. Uh, we'll make a post, obviously, for this episode, and we'll have his IG on there. Feel free to send him questions. I mean, like I said, we're, we're you know, we're nobody. And he res- not only responded to us, but uh, gave us an hour of his time today. Yeah. So um, definitely reach out to him. Awesome guys, you can tell. Uh, we will be back Sunday. No, Monday. Next Monday. Yep. Still got the uh, picks and predictions. We did find out that uh, Shamil Abdul-Rakimov uh, pulled out of another fight. Yep. It's surprise, been, surprise. Surprise, surprise. It's been uh, two years. I was telling it in the group chat, you know, He's been out for two years. 2019 was his last fight. Mm-hmm. I know of at least four fights that he's pulled out of. I think, Since then. Yeah, and a couple of them were like Visa. I think maybe one or two was Visa, and then mm-hmm. the other two, and now this one are like personal. I guess, I guess to be fair, COVID maybe played a role for some of that. It could have. Year, Very year, well. Not necessarily for this one specifically, but just in right. that, in terms of those two years because COVID was part of that. I don't know. I'm just trying to back a, a daddy yeah. guy, you know? No, I get it. But at the end of the day, <laughs> that main event, Uriah Hover, Sean Strickland, still makes it a great yeah. card. Super excited to watch it. Yep. Um, I really kind of hope you would gonna take free shots at John for not being here. It's not. I'm not that guy. Like I, I'd rather do it face You'll to take face. Take the high road. Oh, so yeah. So, no, I, don't, so next, I don't need him to not be here. I want him here. <laughs> so Monday's episode is. Uh, you're going to just address it, right? That's fine. All right. Yeah. All right. I like it. Well, that's all we got, folks. Once again, thanks to Jim Windler. Uh, and we will be back next Monday. We're also going to be previewing UFCs at 266, right? Yes. Yeah. I keep yeah. thinking 67, but no. 66. Derek Lewis, surreal gone. It's a big one. Nunez. Nunez. Yeah. So we'll be back to preview that on Monday and talk about the fights this weekend. Peace. Peace.